Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 15 of the Shiny Developer Series. My name is Eric Nance, and I am so happy that you joined us today. This is a particularly exciting episode on a few levels. We have a very awesome guest that we're going to chat with in just a little bit. But this is the first episode that is full from start to finish, recorded in a brand new production setup. I am really excited about this. I may um, share more details on the, all the bits of the setup in, in future talks. But needless to say, you're going to like the video quality of it. And I have a lot more control over it. And the best of all, it's not relying on third-party programs. Um, it is all custom built with open source. And so I really hope you enjoy our chat coming up right now with statistical programmer and Shiny App developer Maya Gans. <laughs> pretty oh, awesome. That's crazy. Yep. Pretty awesome. Yep. So, welcome everybody. Um, we are back with a. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back, everybody, and we are back with the Shiny Developer Series. And I am very pleased to be joined by former Art Studio intern and now statistical analyst at Sitel, Maya Gann. So, Maya, thank hey, you so for joining us today. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to chat. Absolutely. So um, let's um, hear a little bit about your story and how you got started with R and, of course, how you got started with Shiny. Whew. Okay. <laughs> um, I think, like, this is a common story that it's quite circuitous. I did not go to school to become a programmer by any means. Um, I went to do my master's in ecology, but before that I went to art school. So let's start there. Mm -hmm. Then I kind of found my way into biology um, and went to get my master's in ecology. And throughout that process, you know, you start with data collection and then go all the way to a thesis or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I found myself really liking the part of the pipeline where I analyze these genetic sequences in this crazy thing called R. <laughs> and then down, down, down the rabbit hole I went. Um, so Shiny kind of came into play also with these like huge data sets. It's so nice to have this like quick EDA environment mm -hmm. um, to explore variables and stuff. But then like artist hat came in and I found myself like th thinking about how it's so awesome and easy to prototype quickly with Shiny, but what about this custom thing that I wanna build or this custom visualization? Um, I also, as I was getting into Shiny, I also really like started learning D3 and um, visualization tools like that. So thinking about how to customize Shiny and also using Shiny left me in this really like this meta space of like, I wanna, there's like two layers, right? Like I wanna learn how to use Shiny, like what's a module, et cetera. <laughs> but then there's like, what is the dark magic that is a reactive value? Like what's going on <laughs> back there? Yep, yep. So, so, so I started to like think about that thinking about how to like Chinese, this amazing tool. And then I was like, okay, now I want to go behind the scenes. Um, so that's kind of what I get to do now. This job is pretty much a dream job of like, um, working in both R and JavaScript to create custom 
shiny bindings, which yeah, that's a that's a pretty fun topic in of itself. Oh, yes. I know you've been kind of really uh, sharing your story about your JavaScript journey and how you're like you said, you're tying shiny in a custom way with that. I definitely want to parse on that a little bit for sure as, as we talk today. Um, so when I first learned and, and heard about you, um, you actually were a very um, had a very productive internship at our studio. And you created yeah. this awesome interface called Tidy Blocks, which I remember just blew me away at what you're able to accomplish. And I want to definitely hear your take on that experience. And did you have, it sounds like you may have had some experience with Shiny before that internship. And did that help you with creating Tidy Blocks? Okay, time to Wizard of Oz moment. <laughs> the entirety of Tidy Blocks, there is no R happening at all. Wow. And it's all JavaScript. And now we've reworked it. So we're using um, React, the framework with that application. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so the only thing we kind of took from R was applying words to functions like filter, mutate, instead of like, um, you know, computer software type terminology. Mm -hmm. um, so that internship was incredible um i kind of showed up as someone very eager to learn javascript <laughs> and realized like if you get into this shiny dev space it's super helpful to have some foundational javascript knowledge if you want to um it'll it'll get unleash unlock so much power in your ability to customize shiny apps so the internship, I was kind of like super eager to learn JavaScript and kind of went straight into the deep end. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that internship was mostly introducing me to JavaScript. And then after the internship is kind of when I started thinking about, there's a really cool, very tiny Venn diagram of people who like, who are, practicing both R and JavaScript and being inside that Venn diagram. How do mm -hmm. I marry these two things? And that's kind of when I found Garrick, who's like a oh, wizard. Yes. Yes, Shout out is. Garrick. Oh, absolutely. Or yeah. like, I just want to caveat like everything that I've done and I like all my work, whatever, like is the art community is so incredible. Like, I don't think I personally did anything by myself ever. Like you can, you could look at like forks of repos and stuff. Everyone is super helpful. Um, Absolutely. I know this is kind of a tangent, but I think I kind of, when learning these things, the most important thing is that there's no stupid question. Ask Not the internet all. and Garrick will probably answer you. Yes, he is so helpful. And um, that <laughs> reminds me, I so much enjoyed the course that you were at his course of JavaScript for shiny users that you were a TA for. I just, my mind was blown at what was possible. And I'm still trying to put that into practice, but I feel like I'm also on that journey getting that that little intersection that you just mentioned. I feel like I'm getting there, but I'm not quite at your level or Garrick's level yet. So I'm really looking forward to leveling up my skills on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So kind of piggybacking off of that idea, um, there's, and I guess we can get into however you want to do this here. You, you're the host here. Um, 
I created this like package called Shiny Body, oh, which yeah. is a custom I, I shiny input binding. This. Yep, absolutely. And I would really like to talk about um, not not in super detail, like you can just look at the repo to look at the code itself. But mm -hmm. I want to talk about the impetus behind why I created that, and um, and the iterations for what it, how it became what it is. Well, let, let's do it. Let's um, if you don't mind, let's share your Sweet. screen. Um, let's uh... cool. This app, if I just run this here, is an SVG, which is a scalable vector graphic, which if you're familiar with the DOM and HTML, just have you just as you have nested elements in Shiny, right? You can make your like fluid row and then columns. Those are all different elements. Um, SVGs are really cool because they use XML, which is like the same kind of language, but for images. So we can use that um, tree structure to query different parts of your SVG. And that's how we're able to then bind it with Shiny to uh, register the body part that's been clicked on. Um, so kind of why I made this app was because I wanted to, like you just said, learn more about how do you get your R to talk to JavaScript mm -hmm. and then JavaScript to talk back to R. So that to me was kind of my first step in, okay, this R Studio internship taught me these foundational skills in JavaScript and I've been learning R in grad school. How do I marry these two things? Mm -hmm. Step one was to get them talking to each other. And I, I really like this repo because it tells a story in my commit history of like, there's, I don't, I don't know if there's a name for that, but you can just like brute force use like session in session info. I'd have to look at the exact <laughs> commands mm -hmm. um, to get your JavaScript to talk to R. Oh, um, wow. Okay. But then on top of that, um, then there's like, so that was like the first step was how do I get, how do I send these messages from R to Shiny, right? Yes. And that works. But if you look at like the source code for like an actual Shiny binding, there's actually a very um, like rigid structure. And if I think the Shiny docs even have like how to build a Shiny input and it uses JavaScript uh, or jQuery rather with a very specific architecture to it. So that was kind of the second pass that I took to make a proper binding that could do all those cool things that you're used to like update text to input in your source code. Mm -hmm. um, so, so it, I don't know, I guess, I think it's important to think about this stuff theoretically, but for me, the way that I learn is just getting my hands dirty and making this, I don't want to call it simple by any means, because it, you, there's a lot of concepts you have to puzzle piece together, but there's certainly far more complex shiny, custom shiny inputs than this one. Um, but I think put, thinking about those, and we've talked about this prior, like at RCOMP very briefly, but it's something I think about all the time is there's so much incredible documentation out there for, um, I'm brand new to R, what what should I do to get started? And sure. the community like gets so psyched and like, oh, here, <laughs> let me throw 25 books at you. But then when you're in this like 
weird middle ground it's like it gets blog posts either start getting very very niche and specific or it's like cool you're you're on your own um because there's already so so much assumed knowledge here so right right i think i've i don't know i've been trying to like catalog ways to like how do i how do i level up in shiny because the documentation's all there it's just a matter of asking the right questions and where to find it if that makes sense so if anyone has this project is on github and I think it's a pretty good first foray into getting JavaScript talking to R. And if anyone has questions on it, I tried to comment all the code as a learning, like as a pedagogical tool. But if people don't understand things, like the onus is on me and I would appreciate making those, appreciate your feedback so I can make those docs better. Oh, absolutely. And I know you're in the process of getting that ready to share and we'll be sure to put update our show notes when that's available. Sounds great. Yeah. And um, there's a little funny story about this is that when we were um, when we were together at the um, our studio conf, that's when we found out that we both have been making very similar apps like that at the same time without knowing it. Now, mine is not nearly as sophisticated as what you did, but I it actually my question and getting back to the community, I put a question out to the R studio community trying to figure out how do I bind this in the context of a shiny module, which as you know, is like its own wilderness of things. So now I'm in this whole JavaScript binding and, and, and a module binding and all that fun stuff. And little did I know that Garrick was going to turn that into a whole section of that JavaScript for shiny users course, which goes into, I think a lot of the concepts that make something like that happen. So we'll definitely have a link to that course in the notes. It gives you kind of a good preview of what's possible with that technique, but I really enjoyed seeing what you've done. And I think it'll be a great learning opportunity for those in the community that wanna take their skill set to another level besides just doing the the native images like a ggplot2 or stuff like that. This is really get into the realm of SVG. You can do a lot of cool stuff with it. So very exactly. cool. Um, yeah, I also wanna, there's also David Granchin just came out with a book that I think touches on some of this stuff yes, too. So. Yes. Um, I don't want to say like I'm a pioneer in education in this by any means. <laughs> I just mean that like um, it's a really cool field and we're all kind of um, it's so it's so new and exciting. But yeah, it's 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 pretty fun to learn these things. Yeah. And um, actually, you are a co-author of a, of a book about JavaScript for data science as well. So um, quick plug for that. It's on well, my look, bookshelf. Yeah, OK, you came prepared yeah. right here. <laughs> Yeah, so that's been a great read. I, I haven't read through all of it yet, but certainly that's um, been helpful to kind of see what JavaScript can do even outside of Shiny itself. So definitely check that out, uh, viewers, if you're interested in that too, um, for sure. Yeah, I would never I would never besmirch R. Programming in R feels like home, but JavaScript is a language of the internet. So <laughs> yeah. it is pretty, it's, it's a good skill to have. Absolutely, absolutely. You, you can never go wrong with it. Um, so you you have been making a lot of cool apps in your work, and I want to transition to another one you've made that's definitely specific to life sciences and issues that, since you and I are in the same industry, we can share notes about this. Um, reviewing data sets in the specific formats they have can be really tedious. And so I want you to maybe show us a bit about this other app you've done called Tidy See This. So maybe we could hear a bit about that. Awesome. So as I load up this instance, I can tell you all that this app lives at 
bit.ly slash tidy disk and oh, we can cool i'll be in the show notes for sure yep awesome um so before i jump into this problem i am fairly new to the clinical trial space but but i think those fresh naive eyes are kind of awesome in app development and trying to ask your client okay like what what do we actually what do you actually need um so CDISC is a file format for uh, clinical trials, and you start to see these patterns where certain files have um, like very specific column names, so mm -hmm. that's consistent. And then you can bind, um, you kind of do like a pivot and left join or whatever the special sauce is. But um, each while each trial is kind of its own snowflake, there are these <laughs> commonalities that you can leverage and haven't really been leveraged in a programmatic way. So we built this app so that you can um, explore your data, at least as a first pass uh, before um, creating your tables and figures for the FDA in, um, in an approved software or whatever. But this is <laughs> so, so what's really cool, what was really fun about this app was um, it has three components, but before I even get into those, uh, we used, this was my first time using Golem, which was really awesome, especially when each of these tabs were created by a different person. So Golem gave us this really awesome framework that we each get to like code in our own style, but still it is synthesized in this really nice way that if someone is to read this package or take it on, um, it's like, it's, it's kind of got this readable file structure. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I am one of the biggest cheerleaders of Golem since the early days. And, um, those that haven't heard about it before, we did interview Colin Fay, the primary author in our shiny developer series last year. So definitely check that out. But yes, I am using Golem every single app I make now, big or small is a Golem app. So I am, that's awesome. I've gone I, Golem all the way now. <laughs> yeah. I think if you're making like a tiny little prototype, maybe it's a little overkill, yeah, but that's, certainly fair. that's yeah. a good, that's a good like framework to learn it. But anyways, if yep. you're, if you're working with a team of people, I highly recommend it for, um, easy, like collaboration. And like, now I like, as we jump into this, I built this first module, but my colleagues built the other two and I can very easily go into, maybe I can't understand every single line of code in five minutes, but I understand the hierarchy and architecture of the app. And, um, as I, as I'll, I'll go through this, that's, that's kind of like a really important thing to highlight. So, mm -hmm. so this is, this was really fun to build. This whole area is a um, is a, was a custom binding that I created. Wow, looks really um, slick. And it took a lot of um, engineering and thinking about. But essentially, we have on this page we uploaded all our files, and what happens here is we create these palettes of blocks. Um, based on those column names and you can drag those in. So this is um, diastolic blood pressure. For those of you that are not in the medical community, it's think of any insert insert numeric variable here. Um, and then we can drag in this mean block and calculate at 
a particular time point within the study and you get this GT table output, which GT is also oh, a really fun package. Nice. Yes. Um, so you get that. And, and, you know, I, I think the inspiration behind these block dragging was definitely tidy blocks is like behind some of that, having mm -hmm. this like gooey front end to um, table generation. And so what's cool about this is <clears throat> this binding now knows, <clears throat> sorry, that you have the, these two blocks inside of it. But I can also bring in, let's do a categorical uh, variable like let's say race, and then I can do a frequency and that automatically gets populated. And again, um, I can move these things around oh, and wow. it's getting updated in place. What else is pretty cool is we can group our data, which you know is just essentially adding a group by. Um, so here I'm grouping it by the different treatment types. Mm -hmm. um, and then lastly, since I can like go full nerd in this safe space, it was really fun to not only is this a shiny custom shiny binding, but so is this drop down, and I had mm. to bind it to this binding. So, um, as you saw when I dragged in here, we have these two by two blocks here. There's like really common to make tables, so um, we call them like recipes. Sure. So I needed to get this recipe to talk to this input binding. So now ah, we're talking, okay. we're bringing stuff from JavaScript to R back and forth. It's really fun. <laughs> wow. Yeah, my mind is kind of blown already because we've been trying to crack this nugget for the longest time of how do we, with the data in a standard way, how do we leverage that standardization, but at the same time, alleviate the need to manually program all these different summaries every single time this is totally. really solid to me so again for people like outside of this industry when i each fda report has like a thousand tables associated with it <laughs> that's not an exaggeration start, folks yeah <laughs> and you start seeing these common patterns like oh this isn't i mean sure there's there's um complex statistics happening but like two-thirds of these tables are just like the mean and standard deviation like right. we can we can do that right. um so yeah living in this gray area between um automation but also giving the user the ability to customize um has been a really fun problem to kind of think about so another thing here which is cool is each of these blocks is itself a module so you mm. can we built this so that you can um like, oh, I want a Poisson or I want a whatever. Mm -hmm. It's it's fairly easy to just add your own stats block. This kind of, we have an ANOVA here um, just as a proof of concept that like we're in R, so you can do stats. Um, yeah. But, but um, if you want to do something more complex than that, this is all um, soon to be on GitHub and we hope that people will um, build on it. So this is great, Maya, that you've been able to, you know, Im implement this structure so that, like you said, all these different stats are different modules so that if you have future developers on a team that want to program a different technique, you've given them basically the platform to do it. It's really solid.
Absolutely. So this population explorer part is um, you're making plots, which essentially this is an, a module. And then these little cuties are nested inside that module. And because Golem has this very opinionated way of naming files, sure. um, it's pretty easy to see like, oh, OK, this scatter plot talks to this population explorer module, which talks to the entire um, application. So like. This was, yeah, I guess it's just a lot of fun, not only designing shiny apps, but thinking about if you have these larger apps, they're, they're kind of framework, if that makes sense. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's like you're setting a blueprint for setting yourself up correctly for, you know, obviously getting whatever your initial version is of this. But now you've set the stage via what Golan gives you and just a more careful kind of design thinking on your part to extend this in the future with however big or small your team gets, you know, as this app goes on. So absolutely. Exactly. It's opinionated, but I think it's the right way opinionated in my <laughs> humble opinion. <laughs> well, Very awesome. cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah so, so it looks like you can choose like the different explanatory variables and the Y axis yeah, and all so, just automatically updates, right? Yeah. And I think this is, um, for users that are familiar with shiny this is more out of the box um just uh conditional outputs like since you're picking a scatter plot then your variables should be bound to only numerics yes um, yes and stuff like that and then we're using plotly because oh yeah I'm, why not you're i'm shiny. plotly all the way now for plotly. my plots yeah it'll default to plotly and then if i have to i'll do an export into a ggplot2 version, but man, you, you can't be plotly for these things. <laughs> and my my plotly expertise is taking my ggplot code and wrapping it in ggplotly. So that's, <laughs> that's how I started, yeah. <laughs> yep. But, um, so that's all I got there. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I will say though, that I was fortunate at last year's R Pharma to attend Carson's plotly workshop. And that was kind of like oh, awesome. how you were, you know, in your journey with JavaScript and Shiny, I feel like I'm starting to do that with plotly. But best of all, he's open sourced the book, Plotly for R. So if anybody wants to take their Plotly skills to the next level, that book is an excellent, excellent read. I um, highly recommend it. But yeah, I'm Plotly all the way in my Are my, you, uh, when, you're, when you're doing Plotly, um, writing Plotly uh, add-ins or whatever, are you doing that in JavaScript? Like I imagine adding this like custom hover text would be... Yeah, so that it comes with native hover stuff, but then if you want to customize, I'll probably go just with some native JavaScript code for it. I haven't dived that much in yet. I'm just getting to know like the plotly syntax instead of the ggplot wrapper because I Got need it. to start doing some other weird things of like composing plots together and all that fun stuff. But but yeah, I'm I'm slowly learning. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's it's a fun iterative process. Yeah. And then just for the sake of completion, I'll pop yep. over to this last tab where while we were creating plots um, on the population level of the uh, study, if you can like, based on those plots, you see one outlier patient, you can look at their, um, what's called patient narrative. So the doctors will plot um, data like their, when they visit and um, if anything happened, if you know, any adverse events or whatever. And we're using, I think it's called shiny time viz. Uh, oh, this is, this is by uh, Dina Telly, right? Time viz. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really awesome. Yep. I love that package. Um, yeah. And super, super slick, easy to use. Um, 
And then you can see some kind of basic plots for that patient and um, output as a PDF. So really cool. So yeah, that's that's kind of a tour of the app. It's been really fun, both from a framework standpoint, custom standpoint, and um, and the fact that it's open source is really just can't be beat. Well, certainly, um, as as we've been on this uh, on this um, great demo of you know what Shiny can do in life sciences, this is what I hope we see more of is we collaborate together, we share what we've done, and we can learn from each other. So this is already a really great example that I know I have people I'm gonna I work with that are gonna go crazy over this. So I will certainly be happy to collaborate further if we if we see ideas. That'd that we be can awesome. Build upon um, it. Yeah. We. We demoed this briefly at our at the R Medicine conference, mm -hmm. and I've gotten so many emails about like with the header like we're doing something like this too, which <laughs> I don't think our industry is unique in that you have all these really smart, awesome developers doing kind of the same reinventing the wheel in their own silos. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully, yeah, in this industry and others, you know we can foster more collaboration. That's the goal, right? Um, I'm really looking forward to playing with that a bit more. So um, we're going to transition a little bit away from life sciences. Something you did quite recently that I thought was really fascinating is you have been working on extending a package that came out uh, pretty recently from Shara Gelfand called uh, GG Keyboard, and you've put a shiny app in front of it. So I'd love for you to tell us a bit more how that idea came about and what, what fun so, plans you have for that. That's actually really awesome. Um, I, Will, and I thought about the app from like an accessibility standpoint. It'd be really cool to have a virtual keyboard. Um, and if you, it really was recycling a lot of that shiny body code because essentially okay. it's a single SVG and you have these little SVGs along with it. Um, and then I added this layer where you can both click on the keys or when you type on your keyboard, it responds to that. So oh, it was, yeah, it cool. was, it was building on that code, but um, I, when Will proposed that, I was like, Oh, I, I think, I know how to do that. All right, let's see. Let's see what's powering Shiny Keyboard. So, um, again, and if you're if you're looking for source code to follow, I kind of would advise you start with the Shiny Body thing. But this is a really similar flavor that we have our keyboard input. So you just give it an ID. Um, this was based off of um, Sharla created all of these um, keyboards with ggplot. So I have officially submitted this as an entry to the Charleverse. We have many <laughs> of her color palettes. Um, and then uh, just a, a text output just to see what we're doing. So if I fire this up here, um, you can see that I can click on a key and that will register. Wow. And then you can also toggle to uh, multiple key clicks because if I want to control alt delete or something and then also I'm, I'm typing right now which wow, you can't see that's but, amazing and then if you press multiple keys so yeah this was really fun to work on and 
it's one of those projects that I was like, oh, this is this is really cute. And then I we received all these messages about how we can use this potentially for accessibility reasons. And I'm like, oh, that's actually useful. I think um, like trying to think about tools in a way that's like, I wanna learn how to create this from a selfish standpoint, like mm -hmm. that body visualization I made. But then also now I've kind of tried to think about like okay now what tools what tools does the world need what what would actually you know be useful um so yeah that was this was a really fun input to to create so yeah we'll definitely have a link to um the repo in the show notes i know you've had a great collaboration um and but yeah we're, we're excited to share this with the community very cool yeah it was really fun to work with will on this and i also want to as like, I think I talked about a little bit earlier about how like, when you're learning these things, don't, don't be afraid to ask any question because that is how you will learn. Um, and Twitter has been really awesome. Like I, I'm not one for social media really, but like <laughs> I, this collaboration was born out of Twitter. So like Very shout cool. out Will, this was super fun to work on. Excellent. Excellent. Well, again, it's a great story of developing in the open and you never know when where these ideas will lead to. So exactly. <laughs> very, very cool stuff. So I always like to kind of our, our last kind of topic, I, I do this with every guest, but um, as you've been in shiny pretty recently now, and, and you had that fresh perspective coming in, you know, as a few years ago, what advice do you have for our those shiny developers in our audience that are seeing what you've built and they're amazed probably like I am. Um, what advice do you have for them about taking their skills to the next level, such as what you've been working on these days? That's a really good, I, that's a really good question. And I think about that a lot. Um, I try to take pretty detailed notes on the steps of the process, but inevitably mm -hmm. there's like gaps that I've missed. So I think it's important to have these ambitious goals of like something you want to design as your stretch goal and then create these smaller milestones because um and then you can work towards learning how to do those smaller things and it'll eventually um eventually you'll get to that finish line i know that's super vague but i think that in this world of like making custom things I don't think there's one clear road for all the things you need to learn, except for. Well, of, of course, right? <laughs> yes, um, that's that's great advice. We all have our own path. Some of us have learned of a lot of bumps in the road and a lot of us are also able to, you know, be fortunate and see what others have done and, and learn from that too. So it's probably a hybrid of yeah. both at some point. Yep. If you want something concrete, read people's source code read the source code of um, like the dreamers app where they make those little widgets. Oh, yes, Th that's yes. really awesome because it's like, okay, I can wrap my head around a single radio button or whatever, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Little things like that. In fact, it's funny. They have that app, like that demo app, right? That I, I, every time I use shiny widgets, I boot that demo app up like every single time because it's like Same. right there. It's like, you know, that's the best way to learn is if you have something right in front of you and then you can see the code behind it and then you can kind of exactly. extend it or do what you need to do. So I'm, I've been using a heck of all these newer UI packages that are doing brilliant stuff under the hood. 
Yeah, fork things you like and then yep. break it. Break every line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know back when I was doing that um, that um, very uh, inferior body visualizer, I broke a heck of a lot of shiny stuff on that one. But it was but the best way to learn. learn. Yep, that's well said, well said. Um, so Maya, it's been awesome to have you on the show. I've been wanting to do it for a long time. Um, for it those I so want, I'm glad, glad it was. Um, if those, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, or the best ways that they can, they can reach you. Maya Celium, my Twitter below. Oh, uh, you know, I, I try to do what I can. Yes, yes, we will obviously have that in the show notes as well. And um, looks like you're sharing stuff on GitHub too, so we'll make sure I have your GitHub profile linked as well. Awesome. Thank you both so much. Well, thank you, Maya, for coming on. And um, everybody will be back right after this. All right. My thanks to Maya for joining us. And she also gets a lot of credit for being the first guest to go through this brand new production pipeline. And for those that are curious, what I am using for that video conferencing portion of the episode, I am using a brand somewhat new uh, tool created by a very brilliant uh, broadcaster and technical developer called OBS Ninja. And while I am using OBS Studio to actually process the recording on my end and bring all the scenes together, this tool is based on WebRTC and actually does not need OBS itself if you want to try it out. Anyway, I'm really excited what this tool is going to bring for the future interviews that we have for the developer series going forward. As usual, if you would like to get the links to all the things that Maya and I talked about in this episode, along with the past episodes, please check out shinydevseries.com for all the links to the previous recordings and all the show notes associated with those. And stay tuned to the YouTube channel in particular. We got more episodes coming up in the pipeline. And I dare say I'm going to start getting my hands a little bit dirty, so to speak, in a good way, with uh, Shiny App Development, uh, with some really cool projects I have in mind. So with that, I'm going to close up episode 15. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.